Pastoring today can be multifaceted and complex. Placing oneself in this Holy Spirit gifted role, however, shouldn't be an option in these last days because staying power in full-time ministry only comes from the Lord. But being called gives you the desire to learn and grow to be the best pastor one can be. This is God's desire for you. We have a teacher of pastors, leader, administrator, Pastor Henry Wright, who will share experientially the essentials of effective pastoring, next on Ministry in Motion. Pastor Wright, it's an honor to have you on Ministry in Motion. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. You were my professor in college and uh, have been a mentor of me for many years. So this is a great honor. And I'm sure many watchers and listeners are waiting to hear how to be a better pastor, an effective pastor. So let's dive right in. What are some ways in which pastoring, multifaceted, in which pastors can be the best that they can be. Let's start on the bottom line. <laughs> An effective pastor, first of all, is a called soul winner. Mm. And I think sometimes, Ivan, that's forgotten as okay. we talk about ministry. That's the first call. In the old days when I came into the work, yes. on my workers' report was the title Pastor Evangelist. Mm. They've taken that off. That bothers me. Hmm. We are first soul winners. And everything that I do as a pastor, whether it's managing from an administrative standpoint, whether it's visitation, whether it's dealing with ministries, if it doesn't lead to people accepting Christ as Savior, then we are sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. So wow. the first duty is that we're an evangelist. Sure. Then comes pastoring. <laughs> and the pastoral role then is the care. So we have this outreach role, evangelism. We have this nurturing role called pastoring. Yes. Pastoring is the care of the flock. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is the visitation. It, it is being concerned about Sister Jones's grandson who's got a high fever and being uh, concerned about deacon so-and-so and his spouse who may be having some marital problems, being concerned about the young man who just got arrested because he was caught with drugs. Mm. That's the pastoring part, taking time to listen. Yes. But beneath all of that, I, I'm a soul winner. <laughs> Because, mm. because the pastoral role, remember, includes individuals in my congregation, at least attendees, young people who are not yet committed, baptized. Sure. So the evangelism role first, then the care role second, then comes, then comes mm. that administrative role. Yes. But we, 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 tend to, we tend to segment, to divide them. Mm, right. One builds on another. And as I'm doing one, I can't forget that the ultimate goal is a growing church. And the ultimate measurement of a growing church isn't just more people in the pews, hmm. but more believers. More believers. That you've brought from behind the gates of hell <laughs> <laughs> and put them in the pew to become good, strong members. So it sounds like a pastor has been called to grow the kingdom of God. Wow. Did, did, I, did I hear you use that word? <laughs> I tell people, I, I don't, when people ask me uh, outside the church what I do, yes. I don't say pastor. 
Mm. I tell them I'm a church growth specialist. <laughs> I love that. Yes, that, that, that resonates with people outside the church because that, that's, that's the expertise by the grace of God I have sought to develop in 50 some years of ministry, mm. how to grow a church mm. and to have a systemized approach to that in my mind so that I can say, if this is happening and that is happening and this is happening, this should result in church growth. Mm. And of course, the ultimate measurement, I say it again without apology, is souls baptized yes. in that pool. You know, sometimes pastors, I've heard, haven't even made an appeal for souls. After a wonderful Holy Ghost rendition, sometimes sermons are ended with no call for souls. Yeah. What, what, what do you think about that? Inconceivable to me. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I teach my preaching class at mm. the uh, nearby Adventist University, uh, I stress, I have a whole lecture, a whole lecture on appeals. Wow. Yes. The sermon should lead to something. You see, again, it's, it's, it's that evangelism <laughs> boost. Uh, 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 yes. Uh, uh, Pastor Williams, the, the idea that ultimately I'm looking for something to happen in the life of someone. Mm. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm visiting. That's why I'm administrating. That's, I'm in my office every day, mm. every day. I have office hours. I Praise go to work Lord. <laughs> every day. My staff goes to work every day <laughs> because <laughs> as we manage, everything we do is ultimately leading to the growth of the church. Mm. So, so planning for the board meeting, planning for the business meeting, planning for the elders meeting, planning for the finance committee meeting, yes. all these various administrative things that we do, keeping the team together, uh, 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 making sure that the pieces fit. We don't have silo ministry, folk mm. working toward the same goal. All that measures out into something. And of course, what it measures out to, the end result is on Sabbath, there is a sermon there is a worship. At the end of that sermon, the, door, the old folks would say the doors of the church are open. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and somebody is called. Now, does this mean every Sabbath someone joins? No. Right. Does this mean every time you make an appeal, people float out of the aisle? No. But I'm called to give that opportunity. So mm. preaching or ministry mm -hmm. that does not lead to an opportunity for people to make decisions to me is null and void. <laughs> so that's pastor as evangelist. I love that. Yeah, yeah. What about pastor as pastor? Well, <clears throat> that's the care. Okay. That's the care part. That's, that's seeing to the needs. That's, that's making sure that there are programs for the unwed mother, mm -hmm. programs for the single person, mm. programs for the young adults, programs for the youth, programs for the plus 50s. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's a constant hovering concern yes. over the flock that they feel that's emitted from the conversation on Sabbath to the phone call on Sunday morning to the, to the uh, surprise visit uh, to someone as they walk out of church and you call them aside and say, look, I heard so-and-so and so-and-so, right. how's it going? Uh, it, it's giving the congregation a feeling that they are cared for. Mm. That's pastoring. And let me just add, you can't pretend that. No. Yeah. It's either you or it isn't. Mm -hmm. And I have a question about a pastor who every Sabbath after church just packs up and goes home. Right. 
<laughs> Fellowship, mm. engagement, rubbing shoulders, yes. listening, that's pastoring. And it gives your congregation a sense of safety. Hmm. Um, you know, as we wrap up this, this, this portion, I uh, did a little study that pastor comes from a word which ultimately means shepherd yes. or under shepherd. Um, and, and caring is something that comes from the heart. Mm. I, I, I agree with you. You can't fake that. Yeah. Um, but when we come back, we're going to talk with Pastor Wright about being an administrator and a trainer of pastors and a trainer of members. You don't want to miss the next segment next on Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. We're speaking with Professor, Administrator, <laughs> Pastor Henry Wright, and we're talking about what it means to be an effective pastor. Pastor Wright, when we left, uh, I think we wanted to go forward and deal with being an administrator, you mean pastoring means I have to administrate something? Well, um, <laughs> my response is, fortunately or unfortunately, that is the case. <laughs> and, and, and it does mean, let, let's put it in a way that pastors can understand. It means having an organized approach uh -huh. to your ministry. That makes it easier. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Uh, what are you doing with your month, your week, your day, your year? Mm. Uh, what are the auxiliary meetings that you're having? Uh, what have, have, have you have you just, have you have you segmented your church into administration, departmental, um, um, facility, uh, the mm. various areas that you have to manage? And do you have a plan for growth and development and management of all these key areas of ministry? Wow. That's administration. It means office hours. Yes. It means working with your staff. Mm -hmm. uh, it means keeping your, your elders and your church board and your finance committee with you. All that is administration. Mm. It's not the pretty stuff. It doesn't show up on the pastor's monthly report. But without it, things just don't happen. So this is the background. It's the backdrop. Here we are sitting on, on, mm -hmm. on, on this telecast, but behind mm -hmm. us are cameras and producers and right. directors. Yeah. They don't get any credit <laughs> okay, to, for, for us to look good. That's correct. And so this administrative stuff doesn't get any credit, mm. but without it, things start getting sloppy and the members notice it. Mm. So good administration is like the superstructure to the church program that gives everybody involved a sense of where we're going. I love that because God is not an author of confusion. confusion. Neither indeed can be the text says. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. You know, as an administrator, as a lead pastor, as a trainer of pastors, you've had the opportunity to mentor and coach many young pastors. How is that like? What would you share with other senior pastors in their whole administrative role right. about pouring into the lives of younger pastors? Don't be protective. Okay. Communicate and share. Don't be protective. Communicate and share. Hmm. Don't worry about someone gaining something from you ah. and in the process taking something from you. Hmm. Get, get, get that out of your head. So you're not threatened by other no. people's gifts. Because one of my responsibilities is seeing that there's someone qualified and effective to do what I've been doing. Hallelujah. Okay? Yes. So it's, it's not good ministry than not to share. Then the, then, then the hmm. second thing is is, is to is involve, 
share. So uh, in my staff meetings, the young pastors are there. Visitation, okay. they go with me. Communion, they attend the practice with me. Sure. And then there are times when I just call them in and explain why I did what I did. Every board meeting, they must attend. Mm -hmm. And then I ask them after a board meeting, why do you think I did what I did or said what I said? Why did I handle that way? And we have a discussion mm. because I'm trying to give them a sense of confidence in what they do. And then, of course, there's the training aspect with your elders, your church leaders, workshops, sessions, right. uh, build into the budget, praise God if you have one, <laughs> uh, uh, opportunities for people to grow. So this administrative training facet of pastoring is very key. Remember, you're constantly building the superstructure. Administration does it and training does it as well. So as a trainer, sometimes you have to correct. Sometimes you have to confront. Um, any words of wisdom in that area? Sometimes yeah. as Christians, we're very conflict averse. I don't want to bother their feelings. I don't want to hurt their opinions. I'm sure you've had to confront yeah. conflict and, yeah. and address failures even. And I just say, do it. <laughs> and I'm not, trying to be, I'm not trying to be cursed, yeah. but do it. Okay. Uh, 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 call the person in mm. and sit with them. Needs to be done. And, 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 and love them with your, with your critical attention. Okay. And express, as you, let, let them, and, and let the session include what you appreciate, mm. but confront them, and the sooner the better. Don't let it simmer. Right. Point it out right away uh, so that there's an instant opportunity for growth. And my experience is that over a long period of time, either member or coworker learns to love you and appreciate you and trust you because they know you value them enough to confront. Wow. And then, of course, the Bible says, where there is no vision, <laughs> the people perish. How well, does a pastor set the vision? Well, or? let's put that together. Out, okay. of the, out, of, out, of the, out of the administration mm -hmm. and the training, there must then come vision. What is vision? Vision is where we're going. Gotcha. Uh, mission is where we're going. And, 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 and I, I like to kind of recast it every year. Mm. Um, um, in, my, in my preaching program for the church, there's always a new theme each year. Sure. Giving new purpose. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and the church that I'm now pastoring, we just completed our five-year plan, voted by the board, mm. voted by the membership, passed out to the membership, discussed. We even preach out of it. Wonderful. So that there's a sense of, this is where we're going because every church needs to be inspired to be better than they have been. Mm. So, so setting the vision and casting the vision is the job of the senior pastor. Okay. That's the pastor's role to set, to challenge the church with fresh vision. And keep in mind that vision must tie in with the overall vision. Go ye therefore into all the world right. and preach the gospel baptizing. So the vision of the local church must reflect the vision of the world church. Mm. But we need a vision because each congregation has its own community. Correct. And so the vision must embrace that community. Mm. So vision casting is one of the ways that the pastor inspires the congregation. Sure. This is why we are here. You know, people like to follow where they know they're going. But, you know, we read the story of the Bible. There were people who weren't always on board. 
Yes. How do you deal with the naysayers when you cast that vision? Mm. <laughs> what are the uh, challenges that comes with casting a vision? Yeah. Well, I teach young pastors the 80% rule. Okay. <laughs> if, if you have 80% of the believers with you, that's unanimous. <laughs> you, I got it. You, you, you see, you, you, you really can't allow yourself, uh, mm. Pastor, to, to get diverted by mm. the naysayers. Okay. They will always be there. Well, we've tried this. It didn't work. Mm. Uh, 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 that never works. Or we, 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 we aren't able to do that. Well, if you spend your energy on that, yeah. I like the Ellen White principle. She says mm. the best way... Mm. To build your strengths is to focus on them and not focus on your weaknesses. Mm. <laughs> I think pastoring should follow that same principle. So take those with you who are ready to go. Mm -hmm. Pray for, visit, uh, massage those who aren't, but keep moving. Mm. Keep moving. Because the more people, when, 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 even when naysayers see that things are moving, Mm -hmm. They'll grab on and hold on just to keep <laughs> from being left behind. I agree. So, so it's important, and, and, and it's, it's very important because remember this vision and mission that we talked about must be linked to the vision of the whole church. Yes. Hold that thought. Please. I'm, I'm loving this. Please. With Pastor Henry Wright, we're going to come back and talk about that mission, what it means to be an employee, and more next on Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. We're talking with Pastor Henry Wright about pastoring. He is a teacher of pastors, so it's a great honor to have this great conversation. We're dealing with now pastoring that is linked to mission. Uh, wh what do you mean by that uh, when we talked off camera? <clears throat> We, as local pastors, mm -hmm. can engage in silo ministry. I'm a part of the Potomac Conference. Yes. The Potomac Conference is a part of the Columbia Union. The Columbia Union is a part of the North American Division. Right. And the North American Division is a part of the World Church. I'm a part of the World Church. So I'm not on an island. No. <laughs> and so I have a responsibility to keep my congregation, though we're focused on our community, mm -hmm. hooked into the fact that we're a part of a big ship going somewhere. Mm. Heaven is our goal. Sure. And so the goals of the world church, the goals of the conference, the goals of the union, these things should be shared with my congregation. Okay. Uh, when, 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 when the general conference had the Bible reading thing several years ago, yes. I got my congregation involved in that. Okay. And I said to them, we're going to be a part of the world church reading the Bible through together. Mm. So a pastor... And even the pastor who's been bruised by the organization okay. must remember his congregation wasn't bruised by the organization. <laughs> and it needs to keep them mm. linked up with the world mission. That's a very key part of a pastor being a true professional. Now, you're speaking into my life, but I know someone is listening may be saying, how in the world can I do all of the missional things that the church has to offer and the mission of reaching the community around me. Are there enough Sabbaths to do that, Elder Wright? Excellent question. And, <clears throat> and, and I don't mind putting my neck out there as a senior, senior pastor saying, <laughs> yeah. you have to pick and choose. 
All right. It's the overall mission of the church. Mm -hmm. There may be some, some, some thrusts you don't necessarily emphasize because your first duty is to that community. So okay. I'm glad you made me go back and, and yeah. kind of look at that because that's mm -hmm. a practical question. You've been a pastor. Right. So you really can't do it all, but you cannot omit in the mind of that local congregation. In fact, it helps them to know that they're part of something big. Yes. Because that person who's a member of a 30-member church needs to know that it may be 30 members here, mm -hmm. but there are 25 million of us marching the Adventist march. Sure. And somehow, someway, you've got to keep them linked to that. Um, we are employees called by God, but uh, the IRS looks at us as an employee. <laughs> And if you're working for the church, uh, the Seventh-day Adventist church, or even other denominations for pastors who may be watching this, uh, ultimately you are an employee. So how does that couch my professionalism as a pastor? The question is well worded, and it links right with this idea of being linked to the mission of the church. I am an employee. I can't forget that. Okay. Involved in being an employee, I'm going to use a word. Mm -hmm. that bothers some pastors. It requires a certain amount of loyalty to the mm. organization. Mm. I receive a check from the Potomac <laughs> Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, okay? Yes. And so I, I need to speak with a, a, a professional wisdom, mm -hmm. uh, even when I disagree with the conference. Sure. I'm an employee of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. That requires, on, on my part, a certain amount of loyalty, a certain amount of knowledge of how the church works. Mm. Uh, um, uh, conveying to those I work with the policies and the procedures of the church to my church board, why certain things take place, because I'm an employee. I'm a link between the employing organization and the served congregation. Okay. And so that role involves me being honest, forthright, but informative. Some people don't understand why the church does things the way it does. Right. Of right. how pastors are chosen, why tithe goes in, mm. things like this. But I'm an employee of the church. I receive a check. Mm. So I should be honest and correct okay. and clear and informed in talking to my congregation about what it is and what it means to be a part of the Seventh-day Adventist organization. I have a role as an employee, and I should honor policies yes. that affect employees. Wow, you know, many watching may know this, but there would be many who wouldn't know this, that you've also been a conference president. Yes, I have. And now you're pastoring. Yes. Uh, of course, you've served at the union and many other levels doing many different things, but you've had a prism, a, a, a wide right. view of this thing. So as, as president and as pastor, would you say the same thing? Yes, I would. <laughs> In fact, it's because I've been president and pastor that I say it so strongly. Okay. Because I've learned to value every level. I've worked on every level of this church. Yes. Even special assignments for the general conference. Yes. And I've learned to value this structure hmm. uh, shaped by the allegory of Moses' structure with the Israelites found in Exodus 18, mm -hmm. the, the, the leaders of thousands and hundreds and so forth. I've learned to value how these link together. Mm. So, so I speak more strongly about this employee role because I've served in these levels right. and recognize that when they work together, mm. they produce a That's strong key. ecclesiastical organization unlike any other church organization that I know yes. because these, these levels, these structures 
respect one another, and I have worked in them. So I think I have some understanding of the necessity yes. of them respecting each other and, and supporting each other's turf. Mm. In the last uh, minute and a half of our <laughs> broadcast, let's talk about the pastor being a family person. The word that comes to my mind more than any other is example. Mm. People like to see uh, a pastor who has a loving relationship with their spouse. Yeah, amen. People like to see a pastor who has a good relationship with his or her children. Mm -hmm. uh, people like to see a pastor who, uh, I interesting, uh, um, uh, uh, my wife and I celebrated our 50th anniversary a few months ago. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and we shared the trip and what we did with our congregation. I mean, their faces were lit up, talked about <laughs> how much time we, time we had together, how much fun we had together. And they, they, they imbibed that. They received that. Yes. You could see them glowing. And so now there, there are several couples who are going to do, do a, a similar <laughs> kind of, of trip. The point <laughs> is the pastor's family life infuses the congregation about family. Yes, yes. You have a family. Right. Yeah. It's better than a sermon on family mm. to be a family oh, amongst the congregation. I love that. As we close today, would there be one thing that resonates with you that you could share with our pastors? Don't be easily discouraged. Mm. Remember, you're on the winning team. <laughs> and I mean that from my heart. Don't spend your time with your chin down. You'll have failures. You'll yes. have moments of when it's not going so well. Keep your chin up, pastor. Mm. Keep it up. I mean, really keep that chin up and know you're working for the Lord. You cannot lose because you work for a winner. That's what I say to you with all my heart. I, I love that. I want to thank you for joining us on Ministry in Motion. Thank you. Thank all you very right. much. God bless you. Let's review the points we've just covered. Pastor as evangelist, pastor as pastor, Pastor as administrator, pastor as trainer, pastor as visionary, pastor as link to mission, pastor as employee, pastor as a family person. Pastor Henry Wright shared these points with us, and I believe if understood and practiced, your pastoring will be more effective and impactful. Thanks so much for being with us on Ministry in Motion.